We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another edition of Corn Nations of da- Bangarangs and Daggers. I am your host, Patrick Gerhart, and with me again is Kevin Knight. Kevin, it's been it's been a rough week for Nebraska football, but it's been, an, as we record this on Tuesday night, it's been an interesting night for college basketball as a whole. What happened? Well, so are, are we starting with the exciting stuff, or are we starting with the Let's Nebraska start with, football well, stuff? Let's start on a lighter note. Let's do. Let's start on the upsets that happened tonight. Yay! Fun stuff. Okay. Yes. So, four number one teams now have lost this season, and we are now down two more undefeateds as of tonight. Both Maryland lost on the road at Penn State, the number three team in the nation, undefeated at ten and zero. They were denied their. Best start in school history tonight by rival Penn State. If they are a rival, I guess they're a rival. uh, No, emphasis on rival. Penn State and and Maryland are rivals. Yes. And uh, on top of that, uh, it was Penn State's first win against a top five team since February of 2016, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think I was at that game. Oh, Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! No, that was in January. Never mind. And we oh, were okay. a top five team at the time, so ne- never mind. That was uh, yeah. Let's not revisit that one. Um, not, and then, not, uh, not a not a Sparty no moment. No, no, that that one wasn't. It was uh oh god that that was actually my experience with the Palestra though. But um, let's let's save that for for later or another time. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait! In Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, when that, we played that, them at the Palestra. The uh, the palace, the original uh, cathedral of college hoops. So. Yeah, yeah, that is that that place is on my bucket list for places to go see a game at. It, it's I, fun. It's yeah. it, it 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 is, and it's more for the historical aspect. This is one of the, like you just said, this is one of the cathedrals of college basketball. It is an old school field house style um, structure that I'm, I'm sure it's not the most comfortable place to play. It's it's not huge. It's 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 probably not the best acoustics, but it is old. It is cool, and so many phenomenal games historically have been played there. Um, I I it's it's like in my top three places I want to see a game. How was it? Please tell me. Um yeah, I would I would rank it as exactly that. It is the original cathedral of college basketball. It is a must visit for any college hoops fan fanatic uh follower of the sport lover of the sport you absolutely have to find a way to get to a game there having said that you will also go to the game and realize that there's a reason why we have modern arenas with modern amenities uh (laughs) the the bathroom lines are long the lines to get into the arena are, are long the seats really aren't bad. I mean, it's a small arena, but the, there's nothing They've wrong with that. They've upgraded little things. They, they, they do have better seating, I think, than they used to, if I remember right. But it's nothing special. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, it was a little bit marred for me because me personally, I sat in front of, 
directly in front of in the seat behind me was hands down the absolute worst fan I have ever come across in the history of my attending uh, a fair number of sporting events. Um, it, it was just one of those times where you wish you would have thrown a punch at somebody just because <laughs> they were just that horrible of a human being. Even if they were rooting for your team, they were just, Oh, uh, that's even worse. Human. That yeah. is even worse. And, I, and he was it, a, it's a Penn one thing State fan. An opponent. Oh, it's, it's, it's one thing when it's an opponent, but. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, but I mean, it didn't completely ruin it, including the fact that we lost, but it's, I'm happy that I went. Um, I, I recommend going to anybody who is a, his, uh, a history buff with college basketball, anybody who is a fan, um, definitely must visit it. So. That is awesome. Well, that, that's a little side sidetrack there. My apologies for that. I just had to hear about it because that is, like I said, it's it's on a bucket list of mine. I. Okay. I, 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 I hello. Sorry. Oh no, uh, you're fine. My, Go yeah, my it. phone was being weird. Okay. Yeah, no, um, it, 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 it it's it's on my list. It's it's probably the highest basketball. It's definitely it's it's just it surpasses everything. So anyway, keep going. Yeah. Uh, uh, so um, Maryland uh, got upset and is no longer undefeated. They're now 10-1. and one. And on top of that, Louisville lost, who is the fourth number one team this season to lose. Uh, just over a month into the season. We're in week six, and the fourth number one team now has lost. And they lost to Texas Tech, a good Texas Tech team. Yeah, they had a three-game losing streak, but... Uh, there's some injuries, excuses there. They're a good team. Uh, they injuries. lost to good teams, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we we are now down to eight. I want to say it was, or I, I forget if it was Louisville losing was brought it down to eight, or if Louisville would have brought it down to seven. Um, it's one of the two. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Jeez, it's been a weird year. Yeah, and there's another number one team playing tonight, uh, but I'm not sure what the score is in that game off uh, off top of my head right now. Who is it? Um, that is a good question. I believe it's on ESPN two right now. Let me check. Um, yeah, because right now I'm watching, which we'll get to later. I'm watching on ESPN UConn beating Indiana. Indiana's come back a little bit. It's twenty-seven twenty-three. Six and two, UConn eight and one, Indiana. So, yeah, it's uh, Butler Baylor, um, but I'm not sure what the score is right now. It's 40, on a 40, 47 Baylor, 41 Butler. Baylor's okay, so number they are 11, trailing. Butler's number 18. All right, so they are trailing right now, and Butler is one of the undefeated remainings. Yeah. So, yeah, another one to keep that close eye on. Yeah, Baylor's got a Baylor's got a good team this year. They really do. Butler's is too, but Baylor's Baylor's definitely better than last year, I think. So no, it's uh it's been a weird year for college basketball, and I doubt anybody's gonna make it make it through at least the first couple weeks of the regular conference schedule once that happens in early January, uh, unscathed. Um, I think uh, we're gonna have a lot of one loss, two loss teams going for a while. So anyway. But that, that that's it for, for, for the immediate basketball. We are a Nebraska ball podcast, even though some of our football brethren on Coronation uh, pretends we don't exist. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, so 
we recently had a pretty rough loss to Creighton. Uh, if you remember last week's podcast or any of our writings, we were writing up about it. We didn't have a whole lot of hope on our end going up against Creighton. They they are seven and two. Or uh, sorry, that we were going into where they were six and two. We were four and four. You know they, they had they had really good guards. They it, it it they've got a complete team. They've they've got a great coach. You know we just we 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 could not stop. We cannot talk. We we could not stop Tyshawn Alexander. We could not stop Marcus. How many butchers last name Zigarowski. And we could not stop Mitch Ballack. Uh, those guards, again, none of them are overly big men, but they're talented. They can shoot well. Uh, Creighton come out. Creighton came out, and they did not let up at all until the second half when the Huskers made it a little bit letter, less of of a blowout. Um, I think at one point it was what forty-one to two, forty-one to four. Does that sound about right? <laughs> uh, we had seven by then, I think. <laughs> Uh, I want to say it was less than 10 minutes of gameplay left when we finally hit the seven uh, mark and score. Uh, it was sure, rough. But, yeah. I mean, and yeah. it's, I, I didn't think we had a chance in that game uh, just based on the talent Creighton has, the coaching, like I said, and where Nebraska is just sitting in terms of development. But I didn't think it was going to start out that poorly. Um, but I guess we should have known better. Uh I watched a good chunk of that game. It it was not pretty. Um, Nebraska is a team right now that they've got some decent players, but it pretty much falls on, you know, Cam Mack, who, 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 who came off the bench. He had 12 points, led by Heneath Cheatham. Uh, he's probably our, our, solid, our, our solid number one starter as of right now. He had five rebounds, 14 points. Uh, Thor, Thor is coming off well. He he can't, he he started this game probably to match up a little bit better against Creighton. He had 12 points and just three rebounds, but he, he did pretty well considering the talent level he's at, especially against a good team like Creighton. Um, but that was, uh, yeah, it was just not that great. Our big man under Yvon, our big man. And underneath France, he had two points, three rebounds. He he had no place there, especially considering you you realize that Creighton does not have a real solid number five guy themselves. It just was not. Creighton was the best team we've played this year, and they proved it in that one by far. Uh, Kevin, what I mean, I'm I'm rambling now just because it's kind of frustrating to talk about. What are your takes on it? Uh, I mean, it was it was uglier than Buzz's girlfriend. Ooh, that, that's uh, that's how ugly this one was. Night. So <laughs> we yeah, introduced uh, our three year old son to Home Alone the other night. Uh, that, that's a perfect movie. Um, <laughs> it's <yeah>. good. <laughs> now, uh, if if this were a uh, YouTube filming, I'd I'd pull off the um, Kevin McAllister. Ah! look but you know since it's a podcast um i mean this one's just it it's one to uh burn the tapes on bury them out back of pinnacle bank in the rail yard and never speak of it again uh that's kind of how i hope we can look at this one moving forward 
No, I agree. I, I've got some uh, Creighton grad in-laws that I'm going to have to see in a couple weeks. And then, and for the most part, they're pretty good, but there's one or two of them that can be a little snippy. And I'm just, they've, uh, there's, there's nothing I can, re- I can come back with after this game. Nebraska and Creighton went into this game tied 26, 26 overall, overall in the series. And Creighton now has retaken the lead 27, 26 over Nebraska. I really, Really, uh, is there really anything else we can say on this game, or even want to talk about? Um, I mean, the, the, maybe we'll focus on the the one positive takeaway, which is the guys didn't quit. Um, no, I mean, they did. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. They, they went down big in the first half. They finally, finally started to get to, um, so to speak, their. Uh, their group towards the end there of the first half and started actually making a few shots and they still battled back in the second half. They couldn't get a defensive stop to ever dig themselves out of the hole, but they made shots and at least ate away bit by bit at it a tad when Creighton had their inevitable, you can't hit everything uh, misses. Um, So in, in that regard, they didn't give up offensively, but I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of takeaway defensively, but no, it's as we've stated in the past. Doc Sadler has his work cut out for him defensively. There is a reason Fred went after him and wanted to bring him here. Uh, it, I know people are probably looking at him like, "Well, if he's a good defensive coach, why aren't they any good defensively?" Well, you can say that across the board, even on offense and everything else they do, from putting their socks on to tie in their shoes. Um, I won't go into too many more wooden references, but it's just seems so much of a work in progress. And this game definitely proved it, which grand scheme of things uh, is really, really not making me look forward to conference when it comes up in a month. So Kevin, should we move on to our next game? Uh, one other thing too on that one. Uh, so I was directed in the overcast or uh, overreaction podcast rather uh, to ask this. Um, so I talked about it a little bit. Um, the Creighton grad will not be here to talk about it with us. Um, kind of get that dig in at Nate. Uh, <laughs> please feel hey, free to, to dig back next week, Nate. But um, yeah, so you know, pretty much. Everybody except for Thor here has not experienced the Creighton rivalry. Uh, granted, Deshaun Burke did experience it from the bench. But given this was a rivalry game for Nebraska where only one player really has actually experienced the rivalry firsthand, how much do you think it really mattered to all the guys who actually saw playing time, uh, the Husker-Creighton rivalry? That's a great question. That came from the football side? It did, yeah. And I actually the sort guy, of used football a little the, bit to answer it. But. The, the, the guys who probably have a hard enough time tying their shoes on a regular basis, those guys from coordination? This is true, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, no, that's actually a really good question. Uh, Thor, who honestly, he's from Iceland, and so these rivalries even though he's played for Nebraska for a couple of years now and has partaken in the Creighton rivalry, it's still probably even a foreign concept to him, kind of. You know what I mean? Um, not that he doesn't understand it by any way, shape, or form. I'm not getting at that. 
but just that it's uh, the the whole culture between the two fan bases and cities, and we can go on on for the d- differences between the two the two fan the, the, excuse me the two universities, but you know it's it's probably really just him, and that's to a certain extent. Doc Sadler coached against him and actually did pretty well for the most part when he was head coach. So he has some pretty good insight on, on the rivalry, but it really didn't start heating up until Miles got here, and Miles couldn't beat McDermott until last year. So, but that also when it got bad for Nebraska because it was what seven losses in a row to Creighton during that time frame, six, seven. So, yeah, that's a good question. Is it really a rivalry? At least not this year. Uh, it's definitely for the fans. Uh, Nebraska fans show up for that game. There's a lot of chirpiness between the two fan bases, uh, especially when you bring up the whole concept of Jaskers, which everybody knows about football for Nebraska and basketball for Creighton. Uh, um, it, I would say, yeah, it's still a rivalry. As long as there's a fan base that, that, that really gets riled up about it, I would say it's a rivalry. It's a fair assessment. Yeah. I, um, my, my, uh, to reiterate, uh, what I talked about in the overreaction, my, um, stance on that was for the players, I don't think it necessarily is in the degree that while they can understand it, even people who, uh, grew up and this is just, you know, sorry to go back on what I know best, but you know, it, it is, um, you know, people who talk about Michigan, Michigan State rivalry the, that week who, you know, they're in their senior year and they're not from Michigan and they didn't grow up with it. Uh, a lot of guys from Ohio the last decade, for example, they get that it's a rivalry, but they don't get the intensity of it until they played in a game against each other. And then after well, that, that makes when, sense. yeah, exactly. When they get to their senior year, they're like, man, I knew it was a rivalry, but. I didn't get how tough everybody played that week in practice, how much we hated each other on the field, how intense it was. And so in that regard, I think that that's not just something that you can apply to football. I think it applies to most sports um, in that way that you have to experience the game unless you're somebody like Charlie Easley, who only came in with, I think it was maybe like a minute and a half left minute 40 seconds left uh you know in mop up time in the second half from omaha knows uh right omaha or is it lincoln it's omaha right easily what uh easily um he's omaha right uh yes yeah um obviously he knows it but i mean he's one of the few guys on the roster who really understands that so in in that regard a lot of these guys don't don't necessarily know the rivalry but uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. I had that wrong. He's from Lincoln. So, wait, he, my mistake on that. Was he East? I think so. I think that's a Lincoln East. You know what? Uh, uh, let's... I'm, I'm running on lag of sleep. Our, our, we're going to let that pause for a little bit and let our uh, esteemed podcast manager look that up for us. But no, I, you, you bring up a good point in terms of what really matters. And the problem with that rivalry and getting these guys in, ingrained into what that game matters to not just them, but to the state, a lot of these guys are only going to be here for a year or two. 
you know, so they're only going to get a little bit of it and, 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 and most likely be he went to Pius. Okay, he went to Pius. That's why I had no idea who the hell he was. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, no reason. Uh, but no, I, it, it's a lot of this team, they're only going to be here for two, maybe even three years max. So the intensity of what this game has been in the past, it might be a while before we get that ramped up again, at least on the court. And of course, by then, the NCAA might bring sanctions down. Oh, yep, I went there. Well, so will the NCAA, so, you know, you might as well bring it up. Yeah, well, I mean, in all reality, they won't, <laughs> but... I think Creighton will be yeah. fine. Yeah, most likely, so... They'll be fine, because, I mean, the last thing you want is Creighton to get sanctioned, and then they get scholarship res- restrictions and other, you know, things that pop up that hurt them in the long run, and then all of a sudden... The University of Nebraska Omaha becomes Omaha's basketball team. Uh, well, I mean, they I did lose. I, they did lose. The, they, well, no, no. Uh, okay. Personal uh, status here. They did lose to Northern Arizona last night, which is my dad's um, sort of school. Oh, cool. Flagstaff. That's a cool yep. campus. Yeah, it's really nice. I, I, I like it. I, I, like, um, their, I like their dome. Yeah, I mean, that, that's always fun, playing basketball in a dome. That's not, you know, a giant, giant NFL stadium dome. So, so uh, Very cool. Yeah, no. No, I think uh, it was a bad loss. That was, it's a good question. I I can't say for sure if, it's, if the intensity is going to be there again next year because, again, the players don't. Don't quite grasp it yet, or at least feel the feel it yet. So I guess, I guess only time will tell. At least home court advantage, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, back to Pinnacle next year. So, moving on, Nebraska this Friday that would be the thirteenth. Fr- oh, we have Friday the thirteenth this year, don't we? That is true. Yeah, Friday the thirteenth. They play Indiana. Although, and actually, uh. Uh, let, let's let's have a fun fact and then take a quick break before we get into breaking down the Indiana game, though. Uh, on the day before that, 12-12 at 12-12 a.m. will be the next full moon. Now I got to stay up. Okay, thanks, dude. <laughs> well, okay, that's 12-12 Eastern, I believe, uh, was oh. what I saw. So it's, it's 11-12 your time. It's 12-12 my time. Well, it still should technically be a full moon an hour later, shouldn't it? Uh, probably, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess the, the scientific full moon is, is 12-12, but I mean, full moon is full moon, so. Full moon, full moon. Sweet, so. Okay, so now we now can we move on to, to the Indiana game? This Friday, uh, Indiana is currently 8-1. and one. They have wins against nobody really of note. Well, I guess they beat FS Florida State eighty to sixty four earlier. Yeah, number week. seventeen ranked team at the time. Yeah, Maybe yeah, a little yeah. overrated, but good good solid team. Yeah. Better than the football team, that's for sure. And yeah. they most recently got beat eighty four sixty four to a fairly decent Wisconsin team. Um, inconsistent Wisconsin team, but a lot of potential there. Decent. They're decent. It's uh, This is an Indiana team that started out hot last year, got hit by the injury bug, and never really recovered. I think they made the NIT, if I remember right, last year. 
Yeah, yeah, and, they. Uh, and this this year, they, they, I think they were, yeah. But they lost some players. I think they're still playing with a little bit of injuries. Not, they're not too bad yet, but not a whole lot's expected out of them this year. Uh, I know preseason polls, they came in kind of middle of the Big Ten. Uh, they're currently getting beat by UConn right now. Um, oh, it just went off TV. Yeah, it's, uh, th- uh, no, they're, they're ahead. I apologize. It's halftime, 34-29. Indiana Hoosiers over the UConn Huskies. Uh, UConn came out hot in that game, played very well. Indiana looks like they came back and uh, took the lead. Whether they hold that on or not is yet to be seen. Maybe by the time we get done with this podcast, we might know. But I highly doubt we're going to be here for another hour. So... <laughs> But no, I mean it's uh it's 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 not your and I've said this for a few years now. This is not your father's Indiana squad. They don't quite have the talent or coaching up to the level that they used to be. Uh, it's still in development. I mean, they, they fired Tom Crean, who's doing fairly well at Georgia right now, after his his decent tenure there. But um, this is this is a team. They're not world beaters, but they're good and they're good enough to. Probably, I'm going to be honest, stop Nebraska on Friday. What are your thoughts, Kevin? Well, I mean, I, I think you should give credit where credit is due. This isn't the Indiana team of my good old uncle, Bobby Knight. He's your uncle? That's amazing. No, no, he's not. <laughs> I just like to occasionally pretend like that's the case. So he, he does have a good last name, though. I'm not going to lie about that. that is, um, any, anytime you get a little surly at home and you want to throw a chair across across the then you just remember what would my grandpa do yeah. but actually uh my, my maternal grandpa who is a Forsyth, um did like to pretend like he was actually a relative of bobby knight because they won't both went by bobby but he wasn't actually a knight <laughs> he was a Forsyth, so that one never really made much sense but my older brothers when they were little little kids actually bought that so that's mostly where i get that joke from uh nice as, as a little bit of uh, personal background there, but no, I mean, it, it's uh, Indiana is sort of, uh, I, I'll just come right out and say, it. I mean, they're the Nebraska on the hardwood of Nebraska football and Indiana basketball. You know I mean? They, they had, they're the blue blood of the conference, but they haven't had a ton of success in the last 20 ish years or so. Yeah. I mean, they, they lost to Maryland in 2002 in the conference title game. And that was really the last time that they've made it that far. And since then they, they've fallen on hard times, really. Um, They're a good school. They're a basketball school. Um, Basketball is what they do. uh, Just not this season. Um, But you know, it's, um, it, it is what it is. And they've, had some disappointments and I think Archie Miller is arguably already maybe on the hot seat for the fact that, um, do you remember this year two or year three of him? I, I was just going to ask year three, three, year three. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cause he's gone two years now. I want to say without an NCAA tournament bid. And that's not really acceptable at Indiana basketball to not even make the tournament for that long. And nor should it be. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's a benchmark that they should aim to to do more often than not. I mean, I think Nebraska. I think Nebraska's gone in there and won in Bloomington. 
Washington last season. Twice in the past. Yeah. Last season, I think the year before or the year before that, one of the two. Um, both times Nebraska maybe. was not picked to win. They should not have won, but they came in there, and for whatever reason, Miles did his magic and and uh, pulled off some wins in that place. And that's not an easy place to win. No, not not at all. Um, it's it's not a great place to sit if uh, it's a bad night on beams. But um, <laughs> it's I, a weird I setup in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I bucket listed, uh, and this is his third season, by the way. I, I glanced real quick. Um, so 17-18 was his first season. He did not make anything. Last year, he made the NIT quarterfinals while finishing ninth in the conference. Um, so this year... That's rough. That's yeah, rough. He's, if he's not on the hot seat, he is feeling the candle under the seat, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it and is a lot of last year... Th- th- again, the last year, they had a lot of injuries. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But at the same time, I mean... You know, everybody's healed up by now for the most part. They should be, they should, they, they, they should be at least in the top four of the conference at this point, I would say. And I would not put them in the top four at all. They, they at least should be a solid NCAA tournament resume rather than a bubble team. And I feel like at this point, with their non-conference resume, uh, they're definitely a bubble team. Uh, for now, yeah, they don't exactly have the most impressive of non-conference schedules this year. Looking at it, they played Western Illinois, Portland State, Troy, Princeton, Louisiana Tech. Uh, hey, they played South Dakota State. That, that means anything. Um, who is UNA? Um, Northern Alabama. Yes, yes. And they smoked them. Yeah, so I mean, it's not, this is not, this is not the most daunting of, of, of non-conference schedules out there. Um, that could hurt them in the long run, especially if they're on, like you said, if, exactly like you said, if they're a bubble team this year, that's going to hurt them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and let's see, compared to us against South Dakota State, we won ninety to seventy three, and they won sixty four to fifty. So, I would still pick Indiana as a better team. Yeah, I mean, also as we talked about on the podcast, following South Dakota State, it was uh, the end of a long road trip for them. Mm-hmm. They had a little bit of a, a brief respite um, following us before they played Indiana, but yeah, at least one common opponent to judge yeah. against. So. Yeah, kind of unfairly, but no, it's it's all we got. It's all yeah. we got. And again, this is what I think it's year three yeah. of 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 uh, the Big Ten conference having conference games in the middle of the non-con. Um, I want to. Yeah, is it three yeah, years? Yeah, now, it, isn't it, it? Is, this is the yeah, third year of doing years. that. So, so for you playing at home, if you don't follow that much, and you're wondering why is everybody playing non-conference opponent, but all of a sudden Big Ten teams like Nebraska are playing conference opponents for some reason. I can't remember why, nor probably doesn't matter. The Big Ten started doing this. I think we have two teams we play. We play Indiana and the other team from Indiana, Purdue. And I think that's it before we finish up the non-con and then move on to the conference. Yep, so it's uh, 
it started, uh, this is the third year. It started two years uh, ago because they moved it up to um, accommodate playing in Madison Square Garden because the Laney Bucks mandated that we had to pay tribute to Maryland and Rutgers joining the conference. Um, so the Big Ten tournament moved to uh, DC, which was nice because I finally got to go to it for the first time ever for me. Nice. Um, not the best year to make it to it, but you know, I <laughs> no, not and really. then the year after that was <laughs> when we switched to early December games during an 18 game conference schedule for the uh, 17 18 schedule year um, to accommodate playing in Madison Square Garden because the Big East has it on lockdown for quite a few years during the regular tournament weekend. And then last year we continued this tradition and it looks like it will be forevermore uh, because we moved to a 20 game conference schedule. Yep. So 20 games. Yep. I don't mind. I, I, I like the 20 game conference schedule. I, I oh, like yeah, playing I, I, I have two no these teams two more times. You know, I like doing home and homes uh, with as many of the the conference teams, uh, you know, when we play Iowa once a year in basketball and it's away or, if it, you know, it's just, it's not the same or Minnesota, you know, s- some school that's closer to us. And, if, and I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I, I, mean, I, I like protecting in-state rivalries of the three in-state ones that we have. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's been a couple times where Michigan, Michigan State haven't played. There's been more, uh, more recently, uh, Purdue, Indiana, not playing twice. And uh, Purdue fans, as much as I dislike them in basketball, have a valid gripe that when that happened, it was more often not played at Indiana unfairly for Purdue fans. And you know, Northwestern Illinois, you know, whatever, they're in-state rivals, I'm sure. So it matters to them. Um, so moving the 20-game schedule to protect that and better make sure that uh, regional rivals like Nebraska, Iowa get to play each other more. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% in favor of that personally. Um, I, I think it's a good thing. And I like the fact that we don't do it like the ACC does, which is open with a conference opponent, um, which they, they pretty much all did this year. And that's just opening against a conference team. I mean, come on. That's non con is set up to get you ready to play a con. <laughs> it's no, I agree. I agree. I don't. I'm not a big fan in football. I'm not a crazy about it, you know, because you know I think SEC does it, ACC does it, where they do that one game early on against a conference opponent, then they go into their uh, the meat of their non-conference schedule. Nebraska next year will do it against Purdue. They will start the year against Purdue. It's okay, but I'm not crazy about it, and especially not in basketball. I want to get all the non-con stuff out of the way and then. Just get in there and focus on just hunker down for the winter and focus on the conference schedule. Yeah, exactly. It just makes more it just makes more sense to me. So yeah, so yeah. That's kind of um, like yeah, we're uh, that's all I kinda got right now, man. I mean, uh, let's uh let's keep this going because we got one second left here while Baylor's shooting free throws up fifty three fifty two. So uh, let's let's do what we could not do for Duke Stephen F Austin. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Greg. Uh, we hope that you don't mind. Um, but no, uh, this this weekend though is the uh, the Scott Frost special in terms of basketball scheduling. Uh, we got 
We got more Indiana. We got more Purdue. Yay. Uh, maybe not necessarily in sports that we, we were hoping for for that. Yeah, because two, uh, two days after Indiana on Sunday, we play Purdue in yep. Lincoln. So that's the first game since uh, U.S. that we played at home. It's been a while. We played Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Creighton in Omaha, Indiana. University we played. Uh, Southern University, yeah. Uh, right? Southern. Oh, yeah, Southern U out of. Yeah, USF. USF was down in the islands. Um, that was the Cayman Classic. Yeah. We have not played at home since we played Southern way in, back. On campus game of the yeah, Cayman Islands. Yeah. Yeah. I don't count that. Um, God, when was that date? Uh, Friday before Thanksgiving. There you or go. the Thursday, Wednesday. I, I don't know. It was a week like. before Thanksgiving. So, where's our podcast manager? Probably holding that cord in. Anyway, how's Baylor? Oh, yeah. uh, let's see. Let me. There's Southern. Uh, it was on. Oh, come on. Where's the date? Hey, that's oh, what yeah, I was looking for. November too. 22nd. Uh, and it was 100% capacity. Oh, Oh, over 100%. 15,931 Husker fans filled the vault for this one out of 15,500 capacity. And, and that was at the point of, of the early season when we knew we stunk. People still showed. We, Nebraska ball cares. We show up. Still managed a seven-point win over a terrible, terrible team. A win's a win. Because we're not probably going to get many more of them from here on out. So, God, man, Baylor, come on. Get this game over with. One second left. And that's it. Butler loses. Butler loses. So, Baylor is now 8-1, and one, and Butler is now 9-1. and one. Another unbeaten got beat. This is a bad day for unbeatens. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I really don't care. Yeah, uh, I have a grudge against Butler for two reasons. One, personal, I won't get into, and two, uh, <laughs> 20, 2010, uh, right? Was it 2010? Yeah, 2010. 2006 with George Mason. 2010 was my, oh, my grief yeah. with Butler. Uh, Kalen Lucas had his ankle injured, and we lost our chance to lose to Duke in the title game for a second straight year to an ACC team. So, <laughs> Yeah, gosh darn it. I, I I told you I, I hold grudges, so no. understandably so. Remind me never to piss you off. <laughs> uh, Teddy to pay. Be hopefully, warned. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I have it so far. <laughs> uh, a truckload of rotten fish is coming for your yard someday. Do it right now. It's freezing out, so the smell won't be bad. I I'm guessing he still lives in Florida. I have no idea, but. <laughs> Uh, so there we have it, 53-52 Baylor over Butler. We thank you all for listening. We hope you watch the Nebraska-Indiana game this Friday night. And, uh, yeah, go Big Red. Well, uh, since it's Jimmy V Week with ESPN, uh, can, I, can I sign off with their um, kind of fun uh, video that they keep playing? Yeah, go one? for it. Yeah, all right. So... To all you Nebraska ball uh, podcast listeners out there, 
who listen to Up Bang Rangs and Daggers. This will be a successful season if we focus on three things. Your team, your family. No, I'm sorry. I messed it up. I'm, I messed it up. My bad. It's uh, if you focus on your team. Now, <laughs> damn, this is a great speech and I'm, I'm screwing it up. I'm sorry. Uh, one, one more go. And if I screw it up this time, we'll just cancel it. Um, Greg's so got some editing ahead of him. Yep. Uh, so Nebraska ball fans, this will be a successful season if we focus on three things. Your family, your religion, and the Green Bay Packers. It's uh, so that's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a former uh, Rutgers yeah. guy, coach North Carolina State. He screwed oh, yeah. up. He was trying to copy Vince Lombardi and say, and Rutgers basketball. Exactly. And instead he said the Green Bay Packers, just like Vince Lombardi. So uh, obviously you all know that uh, instead of the Green Bay Packers, which uh, they're the true spawn of Satan, by the way. Uh, sorry to our fearless leader on that one, but they are. Um, obviously it's, I don't think Nebraska our fearless leader is a Green Bay fan, is he? Uh, I thought he said he was actually. I, I know he's not actually a big NFL fan, but I no. yeah yeah he's a he's a Packers fan. He said that. I assumed he was a Vikings fan, being a Minnesota guy, and it's like, well, I mean, I don't like the Vikings, but at least they have Kirk Cousins and Trey Wayne, so I can get on board with him on that. But nope, Packers fan. I I I'm out on that on that one, but. <laughs> Yeah, a good try. I like it. Good job. Yeah, it's a good way to end. It's a good way to end. It gives us some hope. I always love that speech every year when I see it. I uh, when they played it on a Monday night, I want to say it was, um, and I tuned in. I I uh, cranked the volume full tilt. It's a fun one. Uh, It's a great speech if you haven't seen it. So you watch ESPN for the rest of the week. Tune in and. Crank the volume on that. It's a good one. Well, he gives, he he gives great speeches. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he does. Even before he got cancer and all that stuff, and became really impassioned and and whatnot. He, as a coach, just was he was full of fire. Yeah, you could tell it it, it reached it it reached his players. So yeah. All right, can we call off now? I want to go. To yeah. Bed. Yep. Yep. I'm good. <laughs> thank you again for listening, Kevin. Thank you for coming on and and talking with me. And uh, most importantly, Greg, thank you for putting up with us. Good night.